The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled From Chaos to Peace. When we first get clean and sober, it is not unusual to feel like the whole world has been turned upside down. It can feel like chaos has taken over our lives even. Fortunately, if we're willing to do the work, the recovery journey includes the gift of balance and peace. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from chaos to peace using the spiritual power of order. So we want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. Today, we're going to be talking about moving from that chaos to peace, and it's through the power of order. When I think about what did the chaos look like for me, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I find it hard to characterize because, I don't know, maybe a person could articulate chaos, but the best I could do is sort of come up with a list of, um, I don't know, like emotions or experiences. I know that when I was in that uh, chaotic sort of uh, place pre sobriety had a strong sense of feeling lost mm-hmm. comes to mind the word lost unsure uh, unsettled raw unsettled unorganized unmoored mm-hmm. you know m-o-o-r unmoored like a yeah. hot air balloon that's lost its tether to the ground yeah uh, i remember feeling all of those ways and it was all it was very uncomfortable um and the the kind of experience I had was not chaos as in, you know, I was getting in fights and causing problems with my extended family or whatever. It was right. more internal because I'm an introvert. You know, I wasn't going to bars and getting in fights and getting arrested and stuff like that. This was all happening within me as I, you know, seemingly from the outside looked 
calm and collected perhaps, but not so. On the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Chaos. I, so I, I wasn't really out there creating a lot of external chaos either. Um, in fact, my life was quite controlled. You know, I was very, um, I was sort of on the one hand, this good girl, you know, getting good grades and always showing up for everything, never, you know, but then going home and drinking a bottle of wine, you know, in the bathtub before, you know, whatever the next day. So that was kind of how I, it was like this control thing where I had my life very controlled, but then, um, would drink. And so the chaos that I had was mostly, I like how you said internal because yes, absolutely internal chaos, you know, uh, you know, I had no awareness at that time of my inner life, of what was going on internally, um, of the, you know, habitual thought patterns and things that I was having that were creating a lot of my uh, feelings and a lot of the things happening in my life. Now, now I understand that whole process a lot better. I didn't have any awareness of that at that time. Um, so the internal, um, like I say, thought patterns and things were chaotic. And then a lot of interpersonal chaos, you know, so mostly relationship um, uh, chaos and just, yeah, just drama, drama all the time. So that wasn't a lot of fun, you know, but I was also in my 20s. So who doesn't have a lot of chaos in their interpersonal drama in their 20s, right? Yeah, it seemed like it would be pretty common at that time. <laughs> Yes, and I, I was the next gen. So a bottle of wine, that's like a high-class six-pack, right? Is that sort of the idea? I guess. And if you're in the bathtub and simultaneously listening to Billie Holiday, then it's actually quite cool. That's right. <laughs> but I would say only Napa one Napa Valley bottle, Chardonnay, you know. Only one <laughs> bottle of wine, you show great restraint. <laughs> I well, I had to get up and be responsible the next day, so. Yeah. <laughs> So another thing that comes to mind uh, during that pre-sober chaotic period is that I experienced just a general fear of people, you know, fears about money uh, strongly contributed to my feeling kind of out of control. So that uh, that is something I really remember, like, if I got worried about something related to money, it would just push me over the edge. That's how muddled my mind was um that was like into a anxiety attack yeah kind of like uh, cannot function yeah um because of some worry about money that if i if i knew today exactly what the worry was i have a feeling it was almost nothing right but it took very little um for me to get just super upset yeah and anxious and have uh, what I learned I would have called it a panic attack but then I talked to someone who knew about those things and I described it and they said that's not a panic attack that's an anxiety attack but it was intense right and so that was another uh, way that chaos showed up in my life and this is you know probably in the in the weeks leading up to getting sober so when things got really really bad where I wasn't, I could not function in the world. I was not going to work. I was literally just like drinking and smoking cigars on the back deck and, um, you know, watching TV. That's all I could do. Uh, so it was during that time, I remember um, getting those kind of anxiety attacks related yeah. to anything about 
money. And I say it's a good thing I was self-employed because I would have fired my butt. All right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I was I had a good in I, the boss was my drinking buddy because it was Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't even realize that I had a sort of chronic low grade um anxiety until much later. Also depression as well. Probably both big reasons why I drank in the first place, right? I was trying to manage those feelings of both depression and anxiety. Um, And so, you know, again, that chaos came from that internal turmoil that I had no skills for managing. You know, now I have, I mean, I, it's not like I'm, you know, totally sane today. Let's not exaggerate, but I have a lot of tools that I can use. You know, I can meditate. I can, you know, various things that I can do. I can, um, so, so, a big part of, I think, what, in addition to anxiety and depression being a sort of, you know, biological or physiological chemical issue for me, I also think that the chaotic habitual thought patterns that I had were creating a lot of the anxiety, right? So, for example, habitual fear and worry. So I was afraid of, you know, a lot of things, had a lot of fear, just sort of free-floating fear, you know, that would attach itself to various things. Um, and worry. Worry was a bad habit for me. You know, it was a it was a habitual way of being and thinking and reacting to things that I had never questioned. I thought that's just what you did. That was just sort of the American way. It was certainly the way of my family, you know, my grandma and stuff. And, um, you know, so worrying about things, worrying about what was going to happen, worrying about, you know, we talk about fear of economic insecurity, absolutely had that. Um, just generally worrying about the future. And, you know, it's not like I never do that now, but boy, that's one of the things I, I learned really quickly in both 12 step and, um, unity, because I sort of came into both of those around the same time, and they just dovetailed so perfectly, was, um, you know, that I didn't have to live in worry, that that actually was not going to keep me safe from these imaginary things I thought were going to happen to me in the future. In fact, because of our law of mind action, I might actually be attracting to me the very thing I was trying to avoid. So um, that was just something I needed to learn to shift, you know. And um, that just took time to, uh, like I say, you know, I didn't have any skills for, I was sort of just at the mercy of whatever was going on internally. I didn't have any sense of mastery over myself or my own emotions or my own thoughts. So that's chaotic, right? Because I'm just sort of getting, you know, buffeted by these different um, habitual thought patterns and things. Um, I can remember just, you know, lying there and just thinking about thinking, thinking about all these things. And I had nothing to do with it. You know, once I got into 12 step and got into unity, I could pray, I could turn it over, I could release these things to my higher power, I could realize that the worry and fear were unfounded, and that, you know, the universe was a safe place for me that I, I, I could trust that, you know, things were going to be okay. And, you know, I, I just, I have so many more skills now for managing those things, but I certainly didn't back then. Yeah. It's, uh, I had that experience where worry was what you did to make sure things didn't yes. go really badly, Yep. which is, you know, when I think about it now, I mean, that's really not true and not very healthy, but yeah. I was in that space also Yeah. where I mean, apparently 
I really believed that if I didn't worry about something, it, it was not going to work out. And the yep. more I worried about it, the better it was going to work out, yep. which I find now um, as I live my life by spiritual principles, it's the exact opposite. Right. The less I worry about things, the better they turn out. Yep. We use the word allow. I love the word allow, the way yes. we use it in spiritual circles. We allow things to unfold. That doesn't mean that I do nothing. Right. Right. But it, it means that I don't have the illusion of control over every aspect of every part of it. Right. right? I know the difference between myself and other people. And so I can take responsibility for my parts and then be done with it and just let everything kind of be okay. So I'd shared about feeling lost and unsettled and all that. And that, that, that was going on for long before I got to the end of my drinking. And and one irony in all this is that, you know, in the years and leading up, I talked a minute ago about like the final weeks, but in the years leading up, I was actually doing really well compared to where I ended up in the last few weeks of my drinking. I mean, mm. it's, it, it, I was in far more control um, than I realized. And that became clear when I, you know, really had, as I had one sponsor put it, uh, I had my toes over the edge of the cliff. Mm. I mean, I was about to crash and burn hard. Wow. And if I didn't already, you know, I didn't lose my family. I didn't lose my house. I didn't lose my job, but that was coming next. Yeah. Yep. That was coming next. So, um, but I still felt just generally ungrounded and lost are probably the best words that I could use to describe what for me, my, again, my chaos was internal mm-hmm. and feeling ungrounded in law and lost was very disconcerting and felt you know my mind was never still so the chaos was in oh, yes my racing mind talking about you know like you were saying thinking 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 and having oh, no God, tools, so awful no tools to manage that particular kind of energy it's, and it's, thinking that you were actually protecting yourself by doing that right yeah yes. it's like if i stop then bad things are going to happen i mean i i think yeah. we don't we don't really learn anything different in this culture you know it's I mean, kind that's of sort insane of, it you is. know we talk about regaining our sanity <laughs> it took me a while to realize that i was carrying some things some thoughts that are some beliefs that i could now define as insane meaning just completely out of sync with reality as i yeah. understand it and unnecessary <laughs> yeah so what are we going to do? We're going to move into the solution. And as we always say, it's it's really important that we tell our story. I even do it today. I'll say to my wife, I'm going to com- complain now. Yeah. And I'll complain and say, okay, I'm done complaining. And then start to move into what is what is mine to do yeah. in all this. So we want to move out of the problem here or out of the challenge and into the solution. So what is the solution today? Well, our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, as we know, identified 12 spiritual abilities that he called the 12 powers. And we know that these are powers that we're we're sort of always using them, right? But we aren't aware of it. And so we can become more aware of what they are and how we're using them so that we can use them more skillfully. And the particular power that we um, are going to be talking about today and that we found helpful in moving out of that chaos we've been describing and into peace is the power of order. 
So if your experience is anything like mine, when I hear about things like the power of order, I think, what on earth does that look like in the real world? You know, what does that look like in, in my life? Is this an external kind of order? Like, you know, everything in the kitchen is in the right drawer? Or does it tell me how to go about, um, you know, living this sober life? What do we mean when we say that order can help us move to peace? So Michelle, what does this power of order mean for you? Well, okay, so let me start with what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out the way I want it to in life. That's not what the power of order means to me. Um, Or that everything is going to be easy or smooth or that, you know, like I say, that I'm going to get my way or anything like that. Certainly not. For me, um, the very basis of it is my my foundational faith, which is in our, what we call our first unity principle, that there's really only one power and one presence in the universe and that that power and presence is God, the good, and that it is good and it is love. And so that's sort of the basis of all of it, right? Like all of that time that I spent worrying and fearful I I was, as you said, unmoored, untethered. I didn't have that grounding in this belief in this higher power. I didn't have a belief that the universe was a friendly, loving place. Quite the opposite. You know, I thought that I had to um, protect myself and, and get out there and force my way to make the things I wanted to happen happen. I had no sense that there was any sort of a power in the universe that was on my side, that was working on my behalf, that wanted my good, that loved me. Um, So once I had all of that on board, everything totally changed for me. I mean, that's, it's, it's our foundational thing, right? Is that we believe that, that power of good and love that uh, pervades the universe and that we are a part of. So that's the foundation of order to me, which means that the universe is not just this random place that I need to be fearful about or that I need to control or that I need to worry about or somehow try to, um, you know, I'm not holding up the universe myself. I'm not making the whole universe turn. You know, it's not, I don't have to bear that burden. I can let go some of that and trust that the universe is, it's not to say it's not law law. This is not like, ah, everything's happy, happy. It's not to say that things don't happen that are tragic, that are painful, that are difficult. It's, uh, it's beyond that. You know, it's a belief that ultimately this whole thing is going somewhere good and that there is some sort of organizing principle to all of it. It's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's something that I personally came to know over time. Because when I chose, like we talk a lot about on this program, when I chose to believe that that was true, it became true in my life. Now, I personally believe yes. that it is true. Yes. But certainly by believing it's true, that's what um, I have experienced in my life since I decided to believe that that was true. Yes, absolutely, because it just works. You know, whichever way you come at it, as soon as I realized that it was true, it became true in my experience, and it stayed that way yep. also. It's, yes. it's, it's not, um, you know, these spiritual truths that we talk about are not, they do not change with conditions, right? which is amazing, because when I realize 
that something is true and decide that I'm going to I'm going to live my life as if I believe it. I say that a lot. You know, you preach prosperity principles like what would happen if we acted like we actually believed these things? Right. What what would happen in my life if I conducted my life as if I actually believed in the power of giving? Well, I do believe in it and I am conducting my life that way and amazing things are happening. Exactly. So, okay. Power of order. What does it mean to me? First of all, that the universe functions in an orderly fashion, whether I have any idea what that might be or not, is not really relevant. It's not about what I know, what I think and what I can observe. It is the idea that uh, even without me, without this consciousness that we call Dan uh, part of it, the universe functions in an orderly manner. And if I can sort of get in tune with that uh, order, my life is going to go far better than if I'm trying to sort of buck the order mm-hmm. um, of, of the universe. You know, we talk about um, athletes talk about being in the flow or yes. being in the zone. That's what I'm talking about. You, yep. you sort of, you become one with the natural flow of, I don't know what energy, spirit, whatever, the natural flow of life. And when I become one with the natural flow of life, everything goes really, really well. Mm -hmm. I learned this, um, an analogy, I guess, would be a surfing. So I've done some surfing. I'm kind of the two weeks a year surfer. Every year we go to the beach and I surf when I'm at the beach. And other than that, I don't surf at all. So I've I've surfed less than a year my whole life, but I've done it over 30 years. Um, Anyway, uh, and I'm a longboarder. Right. So the, the, the purpose, the, the whole vibe on a longboard is you catch a wave and you just get in that pocket and stay there. If you can, you're not trying to zoom around, go up and down or whatever. And so that's that when that happens, it's, it's hard when when I can get myself there, it feels effortless mm-hmm. um, because I am completely in tune with that wave at that moment. Everything is perfectly balanced. I'm doing almost nothing, yet I'm zooming. I'm flying down the face of this wave because I'm in the flow. I'm in tune with the very nature of this organic thing. And so that that has really hit me hard. Like, can I live my life as if living my life is surfing a wave? Wow. And just stay in that zone. And it does feel effortless, but takes a lot of effort to get to that point to have that those abilities you know anyway I hope that helps no that's a really cool metaphor I mean I'm picturing it in my mind of course I did just go to see the Beach Boys a couple weeks ago so I'm kind of picturing that too (laughs) yes that's really cool that that um being in the flow and going with what's happening rather than resisting what's happening working with it yes and we like to talk a lot about allowing um i think we'll probably talk more about that but um back to this idea of order so this idea that things are happening in an orderly fashion i was thinking you know jeff goldblum notwithstanding right chaos theory and what does he say in the movie you know anyway his whole thing is okay i don't know what chaos theory means so i don't need to know because i don't need it to tinker with my understanding (laughs) i think even in chaos there's order right i think there's an underlying order even within chaos so to, again, to me, the order is not necessarily about how 
um, things are actually happening. It's about what I believe to be the ground of all of that. What I believe to be the very basis of the universe is this loving energy that I believe to be good. And so, like I said before, order certainly doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way I want. In fact, a lot of times things don't go the way I think I want and end up being the very best thing for me. That has totally been my experience. So, um, what this order to me means is that regardless of what seems to be happening on the, let's say, um, in the material realm, as we would say in unity, or what's happening sort of in my material earthly life, I believe that there is a force for good underlying all of it. I believe that somehow, some way, this is all going somewhere good. It is all for my highest good. Now, good is a word that is problematic because we think of good as being, you know, good is something happy and peaceful and I like it and it feels nice and bad is something challenging, painful, difficult. So for me to understand this, this power of order, I have to begin to set aside those judgments of what I think is good and bad because many things that have happened to me in my life, I would have labeled bad and they ultimately ended up, you know, giving way to wonderful things. So my my human ego material self judgments of what is good and what is bad are not accurate. Again, that's where that trust in that underlying order comes in. So when something happens and I'm going, what the heck, you know, and I'm human, it's not like I go, oh, this is fun or anything. You know, I'm, it, I experience the pain, I experience the challenge of it. But somewhere underneath there, Part of me is going, it's okay. It's going to be okay because there is this underlying order of love and of goodness that I believe to be the driving force of the universe. And so I can trust that whatever is happening, it's going to be okay in some way. Not okay according to my human plan of what okay is. I might be uncomfortable. I might have to go through some real growth and some real challenging times, but ultimately it's all for good. That's what that order means to me. Yeah, I like that. And and I was uh, also thinking about it and in, in sort of I had jotted down the process of unfoldment to talk yes. about the universe functions in an orderly manner, which means that things unfold in an orderly sequence. And so like you're saying, if I'm having a difficult time, I can choose or realize that uh, this is going somewhere very positive i am uh, i am this is an opportunity to unload things that i'm carrying that are not serving my highest self and that's never a uh, pleasant experience let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break and when we come back we'll continue the conversation please stay with us Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Yes, welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. 
So prior to the break, we were discussing first our experience of chaos, what that was like to have sort of this internal turmoil and chaotic thought process and such. Then we moved into talking about the power of order and what that means for us. So now we're going to talk about how the power of order has helped us move out of that chaos and into peace. The first thing that comes to mind for me is um, remembering when I first started attending a recovery group meetings. I didn't know anything about the process at all. Uh, I was learning, feeling very disconnected in a way. Uh, Fortunately, I did have a significant, you know, what we call pink cloud. Mm -hmm. I've come to sort of understand like, it's almost as if I borrowed an experience of sobriety, so that I knew what it was like, so that I knew what I was aiming for, when it went away which it did (laughs) so in the beginning it was this weird combination of feeling uncomfortable yet somehow you know I had this borrowed sobriety in the form of a pink cloud but one early advice that I got that I found very helpful and I almost everything that I heard I've heard in uh, recovery meetings has been to me sound advice and one of them is Um, when people realized I was new and this was my first meeting, they took the meeting, the printed regional meeting schedule. And on the back of it, it's a trifold. And on the back of it, it's a a blank page with a bunch of lines and they pass it around the group. It says, you know, we've got uh, someone new. I'm going to pass this around for all the men. Could you put your name and phone number on the back of this? So our newcomer will have your contact info and the instructions were to call someone on that list more generally to call someone every day and to use that list like start at the top until you got a person on the phone Um, you know anytime I was feeling disconnected and so that is a very simple and orderly approach right it's a tool that um, literally says do this in this order, I'm handing you a piece of paper that mm-hmm. has the steps on it. The steps are call John F, call Bob L, call Jim, you know, R or whatever. And I did that. And then eventually, you know, I get to know more people personally. So I'm not calling people. I don't even know who they are. I've got my own list of numbers, the people that I've made connections with. I start calling them. But the point is it's an orderly approach. Mm-hmm. to feeling anytime I'm feeling squirrely or disconnected or kind of out of touch or nervous or weirded out or whatever, um, a simple orderly tool. So that's one example of the power of order helping me move from chaos to peace. Just follow the directions, call down this list. Super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So there are ways that we can sort of impose order onto the chaos, right? By doing things in an orderly fashion and having, I like the idea of having, you know, a sort of toolbox that we, um, we know is there that we can pull things out of when things get crazy because they inevitably will. Um, I'm trying to think what I, how I handle that kind of thing today. Uh, I know one of the things that I use is um, meditation and breathing. And I was thinking, I think I really started with the deep breathing thing when I was preparing for childbirth, 
because, you know, I was pretty scared about what that was going to be like. And I took all the classes and everything. And, and they taught us how to do deep breathing. And I had known some of that before from being an athlete and such, you know, about belly breathing and everything. But boy, when I was preparing that I knew I was going to be in this situation of giving birth, I really learned how to do deep breathing and how to um, use my deep breathing to relax and calm myself, you know? And so I use that a lot. I use that a lot today. Um, every day I, I have a commitment to a standing commitment to myself to spend at least five minutes in meditation. Now for me, I allow it to be whatever kind of meditation I feel like doing that day. And sometimes I do much more than five minutes. Sometimes I do 20, 30, whatever. Um, and it's not always deep breathing, but pretty much as soon as I sit down to meditate, like my body knows, and it just starts doing deep breathing. It's just like, you know what I mean? It just knows that that's what we do. And so just sitting, and it's amazing, just sitting and taking some slow, deep breaths can like take what is chaotic and transform it into some sort of order just because of the effect that it has on, I don't know, there's all this physiology behind it, how it, it engages our parasympathetic nervous system and, um, you know, just it, it, it brings more oxygen to our brain. It slows our heart rate. Since I talked about having anxiety and so many of us have anxiety. And certainly if we're in those habits of fear and worry, we're going to be creating anxiety, whether we have a clinical anxiety or not. Um, just taking some slow, deep breaths can really shift, really shift things, both physiologically in your body And then, of course, the mental follows, you know. So that's sort of a way, just a really, you know, simple tool that um, anyone can do anytime. And we can do it various times throughout the day. It doesn't make, you know, it's not like it's going to make all our problems go away or anything like that. But it's a a way of sort of stopping that, um, that, you know, hamster wheel of crazy thinking um, that, you know, we we get into sometimes, sometimes late at night. Um, And there's even there's even like apps and websites you can go on that have like a little visual to use for your there's something called a breath bubble or breathing bubble. Um, I've used those many times. It's like it's circle and you know, it the little thing goes around so that you know, when you're breathe, you know, it's like inhale, hold, exhale, and, and it makes the exhale longer than the inhale, which is another way that we signal our parasympathetic nervous system to engage so that we can begin to calm down. So that's just sort of a really practical tool for bringing some order to what can feel chaotic or anxious. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and the sort of the theme that's coming up for me is I recognize that the you know the universe operates in an orderly fashion so i align myself with that way of being that's very different than trying to control other people or control the world you know you you could perhaps misuse the power of order by trying to control everything but my calling down the list you're uh, learning uh, prayer, meditation, breathing. We're not trying to control the universe. We are bringing order into our experience. And so yep. I think that's a skillful use of the power of order. Mm-hmm. Another thing as a newcomer, I remember is anytime I was feeling lost or overwhelmed, you described earlier that, you know, wake up in the middle of the night with a racing yep. mind is to just get a piece of paper and write down every to-do item every concern, every what about this, don't want to forget about that. 
um, and just get them on a piece of paper. So yeah. I am, I am, I am um, using the power of order by literally putting some of my experiences into an orderly fashion. Yeah. I'm not trying to control them. I'm not trying to make them go away. But I know for me, and I've heard this from many people, that that will take that will tend to make what feels like a huge list feel much more manageable because the, the like this vague mental list of concerns is overwhelming for yep. me. But if I can just the act of writing it down like longhand on paper for me helps a lot. It's like okay, now I don't have to worry that I'm going to forget. Right. Any of this because here now I can set the piece of paper. I will re, I will get back to it in the morning. And a lot of the times when I get back to it and I've written down, you know, I think there are a hundred things. I've written them down. There's eleven, and there's actually three that matter at all. Right. The rest of them don't matter at all. Yeah. But I brought in sort of an orderly approach to dealing with a racing mind. Yeah. And uh, as a newcomer that helped me a great deal when I was feeling yeah. overwhelmed or lost, just, uh, you know, get, get in the way of the universe, get a little bit orderly and find some relief, just like the breathing. Yeah. It would be great to do that also. Yeah. I think the idea of like having a notepad by your bed or even when um, you're meditating, having a notepad there, because sometimes people will say they sit down to meditate and their brain starts going. So you can literally just pick up your notepad and just jot down what the things are that are running around your brain. Because I know like as soon as I sit down to meditate, I remember something that I need to do later. And I go, oh, I don't need to worry about that right now. But darn it, it's like browsers on a, on a computer. That browser's open and it's running that script in the background because it's afraid I'm going to forget. So if I can just write it down, have paper right next to me, just jot it down. Okay, you know, give the dog their medicine later. Then it's like the mental equivalent of closing that browser, you know, that window or whatever. It's like, okay, I don't have to, that script doesn't need to be running. It's right here. I'm going to be able to pick it up later. I don't have to keep thinking about it. So that can be really helpful. You know, some other things that helped me was um, just general life experience and learning that, um, that most of the things that I worried about never actually happened. Yeah. That's how, you that's know? how effective my worrying is. See, yeah. I made it so they didn't happen because I worried about them. Right. <laughs> Right. But I mean, and yeah, and even Jesus tried to tell us this, right? You know, that yeah. worrying was not going to add a single day to our lives. Yeah. Um, and of course, we know in unity that what we hold in consciousness tends to outpicture in some way in the material realm. And so we certainly don't want to be holding in our consciousness that which we are concerned about all the time, because we may actually be attracting it to us or creating it or whatever. So, um, but that took time for me to learn to trust that, right? I had to see. When I tried, you know, when I tried to stop worrying and, you know, being fearful about things, it, I had to see that that actually worked in order to trust it, right? And I did start to see that, like, you know, it didn't, it wasn't helping me. And most of these things, it's sort of, a, you know, just a general maturity that I started to see that, like, yeah, the, most of these things I worried about, maybe they didn't turn out the way I thought they were going to, but ultimately they turned out okay. Or even if they didn't turn out okay, ultimately it was okay. Like I got through it. I managed it. I did what I needed to do it all the, you know, cause I think there's like a, there's like a trauma response where we think that whatever this thing is, is going to kill us. It's literally going to kill us. 
You know, if this thing happens, I'm going to die. That's how like catastrophic it can be in our anxious minds. And so I had to go through some of those things and see that I didn't die. Didn't turn out the way I thought. Ultimately, yeah, it might have been tough, but ultimately I got through it and I learned from it and I grew from it and it was okay. Um, So as as I learned that, then I, I learned that I didn't need to worry that I learned that most things, um, if left alone, will sort of unfold on their own. This is what we were talking about, this allowing. So rather than thinking that I had to force everything and make everything happen in my life, I started to learn that um, there's a different way. It's not that you're not engaged or that you're not involved or that you're not, you're suiting up and showing up. You're doing your prayer work. You're trusting God. You're doing your step work. And then you're letting the rest unfold. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like you're not doing anything, but you're not out there sort of forcing, trying to make these things happen. It's, it was a very different way of being for me. It's kind of uh, what's coming to mind. And I've done a little martial arts very casually. It's been a long time. But what I learned, it's almost like a spiritual Kung Fu. A, a Kung Fu master does not waste a single motion a single bit of energy, nothing is wasted. You do exactly what is called for in that moment and let nature take its course. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, it looks, you, you can't tell, you know, someone's really good. It looks sort of effortless, but that someone explained to me, this is why one, one reason why the famous martial artist Bruce Lee was so amazing. That guy was loose as a cat, cool as can be, just completely present, no tension in his body anywhere, but the moment he needed to act, boom, total, complete and total focus on that one action and then back to that state. That's why we, that's, you know, reminds me of the way a cat shows up. I was going to say, it's like a cat. We have a cat that is a, just a chunk of muscle this cat is, it's it's weird picking this cat up i'm like this cat's made of rebar and like you know a neutron star piece or something like that it's like how do you weigh this much anyway it's all is completely lean and he's just as chill as can be unless it's time to tear our ass across the room for whatever reason in which case that cat is fully engaged yeah. and one second later flops on its side <laughs> in its tail i want to uh, be able to live like that you right? act when action is called for and if you're not acting you are relaxed and cool you go back to, anyway back. so that's my martial arts analogy that it's not that you're doing nothing it's that you're not doing anything unnecessary yeah which yeah. takes time to learn of course cats are like little martial artists and i know because i have a kitten and that kitten oh, yeah. is like a ninja. I mean, and he's only got three legs. He's he's crazy. Like last night he got the crazies and he was just running through the house. <laughs> we have this cat tower, you know, the big, I have a big cat like yours, but mine is not all muscle. Mine is just like, bleh. And <laughs> the kitten goes running up the tower and the tower swaying back and forth. And the cats at the, t- the other cats at the top, just going, whoa, man, you know, and the kitten is just, he's just so fast. Anyway, it's hysterical, but Absolutely. You know, Eckhart, Tolle, Eckhart Tolle said one of my favorite quotes. I've known many Zen masters, all of them cats. 
exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh, my cats are total master meditators. They're just sitting there. They got the squinted eyes. You know, they're just like totally chilled out. It's it's hysterical. They're they not totally worried look like the, about a thing. No, and they have relaxation down to an absolute art. But you're right. They're still predators, and if they needed to, they would spring into action very quickly. So, okay, so we're talking about cats now, but another way that I reinforce yeah. my belief in this divine order that we're talking about, this power of order, is by spending time in nature. Because, you know, we live so removed from nature so much of our lives, and most of what we interact with on a daily basis is man-made stuff, right? I'm looking around my office right now. It's all this man-made stuff. So I need to get out of the concrete and plastic and technology and go to, well, I have this place near my house called the Frog pond it's like a really easy way to just step into a totally different environment without a lot of investment of time and I can go there and sit by the pond and just observe and everything is happening just as it should everything is everything has its place everything knows what it needs to be doing the birds are not worried about what's going to happen next you know it's just, I have such a deep um, appreciation for nature. And I believe that that order is, you know, is evident throughout nature. And when I can go and see that and see that this whole thing is functioning over here without our intervention, without my intervention, the frog pond does not need me to tell it what to do. You know, I'm not holding up the universe. Um, that's very healing to me and, and helps restore my belief in in this underlying order that I believe pervades the universe. So nature is a huge teacher for me. Huge reminder. Yeah, I know someone that likes to say that well, the woods is my church. And I totally understand that. Like, and then you, should, you should go to your church whenever you feel called and, yeah. and do exactly that. You know, I like what you're pointing out about human made stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, it's reminding me of this uh, saying uh, humans draw lines and god erases lines yeah right there are very few straight lines in nature no river is straight like a you know like yeah. geometry line yeah i have a friend that has a tattoo and it says discipline is freedom mm. and it really i had to think about that and i think that discipline there means order like applying mm -hmm. the power of order to life and i'm like how is discipline freedom because i've always thought of discipline as oppressive right i, I can't do what i want to do because you're telling me i right. have to do this right. well, you just have to try harder you know you just need some self-discipline then you could do it so discipline to me is a four-letter word it's not a positive <laughs> thing but i'm understanding it now so if i translate that phrase discipline is freedom a little bit uh you know living in the flow of life brings a ton of opportunities with it because i'm not wasting time doing things that aren't serving my or anyone else's highest good right and so being purposeful is part of what is in that word discipline there mm -hmm. being orderly mm -hmm. so that i so that my being purposeful is effective in the world and it could be you know anything from my morning routine or or whatever and again it's not it's not about trying to control the universe control other people or even right. control circumstances it is getting in the flow of the universe by uh, noticing the natural order 
and adopting some kind of natural order for myself. So now I can affirm discipline is freedom because yeah. when I conduct my life in an orderly manner, all of a sudden, seemingly, I have tons of opportunities and all the time and energy that I need in order yeah. to accomplish them seems to magically appear. It's right. Amazing. Yeah. And when I don't try to force things to happen, when I don't decide that I know what's best, you know, and, and this is what needs to happen. And then all my anxiety is going to be about whether or not that thing is going to happen. Right. So that's not how I approach my life now. It doesn't mean that I don't do what I think is best or, you know, do the footwork, the legwork, as we say, of what needs to be done. But then I try my very best to let go of the outcome and let whatever is going to happen, happen. And the reason I can do that, again, goes back to our primary foundational principle, which is that I have faith that there is a benign power in the universe, a power of goodness and love that I call God. And so I can, you know, like, let's say I'm interviewing for a job or whatever, you know, I can, I can think that this job is the best thing for me. And I can go to the interview and do my very best job at it. But then I try to let go because I'm like, well, maybe the universe has something else in mind for me. And ultimately, whatever happens ends up being for my highest good, whether it was the thing that I thought was going to be right for me or not. And that's just taken time for me to see. I can look back over my life now and I can see how the times I didn't get what I thought I wanted, I got something so much better. Yeah, I love that phrase. Uh, and I've heard it even in prosperity teachings, this or something better. You know, it's good for me to express what it is that um, I am desiring, but to hold it loosely and to yes. always say this or something better. Exactly. Well, we have said a whole lot about this topic. So let us take a moment now and step way back if we can and see if we can find a concise way to sum it up. So Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, if someone came to you and said, I still feel like my life gets turned upside down and I don't like it. How can I, what can I do to make this stop happening, this chaotic experience? Well, okay. The truth is, is that we can't control what's happening in life. And um, we, we do have some power, but we don't have total power. You know, we aren't controlling the whole universe. Um, what we do have power over is our own reactions to things. And so life, you know, don't, what do we say? Life is just lifing and life is going to continue lifing because yeah. that's just the nature of life. Things are going to happen that we don't like. Um, you know, everything is not going to go our way. Um, it's just the nature of things. And so we can't control those things. We can't stop bad things from happening. We can control our own responses to them. Not, not control. I don't even like the word control. We can manage our responses to them. Yeah, we can learn. And so that's where we want to focus our work is on learning to manage our internal reactions, manage those habitual thought patterns that are causing us suffering, that are yeah. causing us stress and worry. That's where our power is. That's my thoughts exactly. It's not so much about making it stop as about how I respond to what is happening. And the first step is always awareness, mm -hmm. right? So the more awareness I can bring to what is going on, um, the more choice I'm going to have in how I respond. And that can be quite difficult, especially with older, more ingrained habits of mind um, for me to take a moment. And this is where like a breathing thing might help. I'm going to take one breath like you talked about. I'm going to picture the circle thing in, you know, inhale, hold, exhale yeah. a little bit. Long. I'm going to do that one time and I'm going to notice 
what is going on? And maybe I see a little bit something different. So that that's a practical tool for um, sort of creating an opportunity for things to be different. And what I have found is uh, when I stop trying to control it and I start observing and allowing and learning new tools and talking to people and, you know, when you pray, move your feet. So I am moving my feet uh, over time. It may well subside. Yes, absolutely. Well, our affirmation for you today can help to solidify this in your mind. And it is this, my life is balanced and in order and all is well. We can just keep affirming that all is well. And once again, my life is balanced and in order and all is well. Well, it has happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery. At least we like to think of it that way. And we are grateful that you have. We hope that you have found something in all of our waffling today that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Michelle, as always, for our discussion. I always learn a lot. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you may be on your own individual recovery journey path. Yes, we do. And listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Drop us your comments and thoughts and feedback. And as always, we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.